Greetings. My name is Ian Lauder. My website, mudvalley.com. Welcome to World's Luckiest Artist. Thirty years ago, at the age of 40, having penned 20 manuscripts in the previous decade, all of them sequestered in Rubbermaid tubs in my mother's rural Ontario basement, I was standing in a second-story bedroom in the Beaches in Toronto in the fall, with Canada's grand old man of literature, Robertson Davies, on the radio, relating the prerequisites required to be the ideal writer. Prerequisites no author to date possessed, but one he suspected now existed. And when he finished listing them, saying how much he'd love to talk to that quilster, I realized with a jolt that, through no conscious effort on my part, he just described me, and that we'd never meet. The qualities he narrated went as follows. The ideal writer has to be born in a free country, university educated in history and literature, devour thousands of great books prior to picking up a pen for the first time at the age of 30, remain unmarried or breed till the age of 40, be raised and stay untainted by excessive religious, political, social and scientific dogmas, and live at all levels of society, from cabin to castle. If Davies was right, I'm the only writer to date to be fortunate enough to have fulfilled all the requirements to be considered an ideal writer, and thus the world's luckiest one. That being said, there's no excuse for me not producing a wide range of superlative volumes. I invite you to decide if I've done so by reviewing the profferings from 55 of them, the first 46 presently on Amazon in paperback and ebook formats, with the other nine to follow that I'll be verbally podcasting and typed aphorism presenting shortly on my blog. Why aphorisms? Because as a 12-year-old, already addicted to devouring the world's greatest literature, I encountered Benjamin Franklin's books called Poor Richard's Almanac, an annual volume he published between 1732 and 1758, which proved a guaranteed bestseller, largely because of their witty and succinct proverbs and one-liners, commonly called aphorisms. I became addicted to brief philosophical musings and one-liners ever since, and when I began writing at the age of 30, found myself executing thousands of such, even incorporating them as the meat and potatoes of several of my non-fiction volumes. Because, like all my writings, they came easily to me, and because they are so well received whenever I perform them in coffee shops and such, other writers frequently telling me that they have to pen a whole book to get what I accomplish in one line, I consider myself the world's luckiest aphorist. I also consider myself the world's luckiest paranormalist. Why such a claim? Because no one in modern history has had as many varied and documented in film and literature paranormal experiences as yours truly, their existence over the last 70 years numbering in the thousands including an extraordinarily adventurous 20-minute sojourn beyond the veil when I died from hypothermia at the age of 30. An invaluable experience for any artist, be they painter, sculptor, illustrator, writer, cartoonist, photographer, actor, or filmmaker, all of which I am. I will be presenting to you a couple of times a week in digestible segments, the lion's share of a film on that subject called Pitching Steven Spielberg, a documentary in which your credulity will be stretched, but the truth will not. 
The following is an excerpt about pitching Steven Spielberg from one of my non-fiction volumes on Amazon called There Is No Dust in Budaland, 1995-1996. Pitching Steven Spielberg, a six-part, one-hour-an-episode non-fiction film, was conceived Labor Day of 1999 on the shores of an alpine lake in British Columbia when a 54-year-old Canadian storyteller decided to face the eye of the world on Millennium's Eve. The 317-minute portion of it that I shall be presented to you by focusing on the extraordinary, paranormal, numinous experiences of his own life blueprints the psyche of ever-growing numbers of selfless warriors battling to ensure humanities and possibly even the world's survival. Paranormal, numinous, equals mysterious, inscrutable, ineffable, evoking awe or reverence, as the presence of something physics-defying, holy, or divine, including cosmic consciousness, astral projection, time travel, previous incarnational realities, spontaneous healing, bilocation, telekinesis, after-death adventuring, weather control, human and animal telepathy, material objects appearance and disappearance, interaction with other dimensional entities, the sound of the spheres, ghostly encounters, and much, much more. This film, deceptive in its simplicity, is an epic tale, rendered undeniable by an unrehearsed and unscripted solitary performer's willingness to stand before the world without the refuge of edit. As such, it is also a personal human journey, the self-portrait of a born artist, an in-depth voyage into his origins, character, and contribution. Why pitching Steven Spielberg? Because his novel, Elfendel, the child of his paranormal experiences, is custom-made for a family-friendly, seven-feature film, fairy genre franchise, directed by the inspired hand of Mr. Spielberg. I also consider myself the world's luckiest photographer. How can I claim such a thing? Because for 50 years I studied form and texture and color and light and shadow and storyline before fishing an antiquated 72 DPI digital camera out of a dumpster and plunged all out for the first time into the world of photography, creating the following. Flower Dance a relaxing, centering, inspiring, pictorial journey into the micro-macro world of British Columbia's botanical beauty in photo gallery slash photofilm format, accompanied by beguiling acoustic guitar, is amply outlined in photos and text on my mudvalley.com website. Note, the first DVD, Flower Dance, shares its name with the Flower Dance Photo Symphony entire, the other six being differently named and themed. See thumbnails and titles on purchase page. Possessing universal, genderless, artistic appeal, Flower Dance is an excellent, inexpensive gift for a broad demographic. The crossfade transitions between images, married to the color sequencing, form, angle, time of day, and season of those images, inputs the eye in extraordinary ways, encouraging multiple viewing and word-of-mouth recommendation. By embodying the universal languages of flowers and music, Flower Dance transcends race, culture, and religion, for it offends no one, celebrating as it does the variegated and ephemeral jewels of earthly creation. Soft, focused photographs are used throughout the 7-DVD Flower Dance Photo Symphony because of their uniquely seductive, timeless, 
painterly quality. Showcasing Flower Dance DVDs on monitors in establishments provides a pleasant ambience for customers, inviting related and unrelated purchasing. Sole distributorship in individual countries of all the DVDs in the Flower Dance Photo Symphony is negotiable for reputable and efficient distributors. The entire 7-DVD, 3,142 images Photo Symphony project has been a labor of love for 14 years to date, and all are complete other than the addition of musical scores to DVDs 2 through 7, which will follow in short order. It is my intention to blog display the first completed Flower Dance DVD, a one-song segment at a time, twice a week, for your enjoyment and opinion as well as frequently presenting you with a total of 140 photographs taken with a 2000 DPI digital camera over the last decade, all of them excerpts from a work in progress called Ian Cannon Fire Photo Gallery A. It is my contention that I am the world's luckiest photographer because the quality of my photographs are so outstanding it feels like there's an angel on my shoulder whenever I sally forth with cameras. Why? Because it's rare for me to take more than one photo of an image, and whenever I do so, 90% or more of the time the first one proves to be the definitive one. Further, I affix no lenses, no filters, generally camera crop all images, and only use the auto setting of cameras, and yet, somehow, they produce image after image after image, now numbering in the thousands, each possessing breathtaking beauty. If that doesn't make me the world's luckiest photographer, I'd like to know what it'd take to be such a person. In closing, I encourage you to sit back and enjoy my profferings as they appear on my blog and judge for yourselves if I am what I claim to be, the world's luckiest writer, photographer, paranormalist. <laughs>